Ladies and gentlemen, it is Monday, November 28th. Welcome back to the Flyover Show. My name is Joe Wheel. I will be your host tonight. I am joined remotely today uh, by Mr. Scott Wyman here to my uh, my left, your right. Um, Scott is away doing business, a very important man at a very important company doing very important work. Uh, big time players make big time moves in big time places. And that's exactly what Scott's doing. Uh, we have a ton to talk about today. We're going to be talking a ton about Matt rule being hired and officially announced as the head coach of the university of Nebraska as their 31st head coach. We'll probably also talk about Luke fickle being hired as their 31st head coach at the university of Wisconsin. Uh, that was kind of a shock to us. Uh, and then we will talk about a little bit, the NFL, but first of all, I would like to check in on my friend, Scott, Scott, how you doing? Staying away from the swamps down there in Florida? Doing good, Joe. No, I'm right. I'm right in the swamps. Right in the swamps. Hell yeah. It's swamp in, dude. Yep. But it would Mm-hmm. All right. So today we figured out uh it was officially announced that Matt Rule will be the head coach of the University of Nebraska. We've known this for a couple of days. Uh, we were kept pretty much in the dark this whole coaching search. I think they did an excellent job. Um, but at the Hawks Championship Center today, no elevator opening. Uh, they did a unity walk. There's whole productions done of it. Uh, kind of looked like a high school prom a little bit. I think, Scott, you can speak to that a little bit. Um, but the presser itself I thought was fantastic. Uh, Trev Albert said that Matt Rule was candidate 1A for them. Uh, Trev, Trev Alberts is ridiculously good on a microphone. Uh, Matt Rule's incredibly good on a microphone. Uh, I think we knew that about both those guys uh, coming in. But it's about an hour-ish long. Uh, I watched the entire, entire stream, which was done, I think I want to say Greg Sharp, Jessica Cootie, and Damon Benning uh, had like a pre-show to it and a little post-show. That was really good. Uh, we watched a little bit of Trev after where he revealed some contract stuff, which we'll talk about later. But I just want to get your initial thoughts, Scott, on the uh, trigger man for Nebraska and his uh, opening press conference. I mean, I thought it was great. I, I thought the whole day of social media was great. Um, the way that they made it like a big tr- production. Trev is obviously really good at uh, putting mm-hmm. a really good face on the program, um, both with the way he presents himself and the way he sets up the university in terms in, in being in and around the media, a um, little bit different than previous athletic directors who weren't very proactive in their job. Um, and actually I did see today, I don't know, did you, did you take anything from this? So uh, Matt rule came in with his family, introduced his children, seen taking photos of a lot of his children said he wants to be in and around the community. Uh, do you think any of that was a dig at, at uh, Scott Frost at all? Uh, I don't think it was a dig at Scott Frost. I think it's just kind of how he is. I think people um, are definitely going to draw a contrast there in that um, we never really heard or saw Frost family at all. I don't know yeah. if we really saw Frost. I mean, I ran into Frost a couple times. Um, never. Well, I guess I did. I mean, I did. I technically worked for the football team for a little bit. That's really the only reason I ran into him at all. Um, I don't know how much, if ever you really talk to him. Uh, I never saw him out in the community, at least, uh, in a family friendly way. Um, I know he was definitely involved, uh, in some ways in the community, I guess you could say, uh, supporting some local establishments, 
uh, heavily, but I, I don't know if he was ever, he talked, uh, rule talked about how his wife was, uh, probably going to set up some charitable organizations. We certainly didn't see that. Um, and that's not really a shot. I don't actually mean that. Well, some of that was a shot at Scott Frost for sure, but, um, his family not being him, not being out with his family doing stuff. I don't actually have a problem with that. I think that's fine. Um, I think if Frost's wife and you know, they have very young kids, um, if yeah, they don't want to be involved, honestly, super involved, think, I think that's fine. Yeah. Uh, Joe, I got to say, it's a little bit of a bizarre angle here with you looking down at us. Oh, yeah. Scott's got a different camera. Uh, this is a different camera. I'm on this. This camera's recording oh, me. So what and then I'm you're watching me down here. Yeah, <laughs> this would be terrible. <laughs> I, I, bo- I borrowed Scott's camera that's usually on him. And I have it way down here. So I look like a creep. Well, probably looks... Uh, <laughs> I'm way, it's looking way up at me. It's not uh, kind of an uncomfortable view for Scott, but POV, I didn't yeah. want to be just a talking head. Yeah, yeah. It's tough. Allegedly. Um, yeah, I mean, so he also said he talked with Scott. Uh, how do you think that call went? I don't think it was very long. Um, I don't really know what was said in that. Yeah. Um, I just, he, I don't really know what. asked him about the coaches on the staff currently. Mm-hmm. What do you think he'd say about Whipple? And I, I don't think Frost and Whipple got along too well. Um, I don't know how. I think that was more of a courteous question. I think if Frost had one or two guys that he really, really likes, he would consider them. But I imagine, uh, and we'll talk about this later. Uh, I think Rule has guys that he wants to hire. I don't think that he, um is really looking to keep a bunch of guys. I think he's going to try and keep a couple. I think Mickey's in there, maybe Bill Bush. Um, but I think for yeah. the most part, that's um, that ship has kind of sailed. Well, we know one coach for sure uh, is in, and then that means one coach is out. So that is Travis Fisher, the DB's coach, out as we welcome in the new uh, DB's coach for Nebraska. Who is it? Richard Cooper, is that his name? Not Richard Cooper. Evan. Evan Cooper. Evan Cooper. Yeah, he was uh, and has been the DB's coach from Matt Rule at three different stops. He's been his recruiting coordinator at two different stops. Um, young guy, really good recruiter. That's one theme I'm kind of seeing with everyone who has been uh, rumored to be connected or connected as an assistant has been really good recruiters. Like we're if if Bill Bush and Mickey Joseph end up being retained, this is going to be an insane recruiting staff. Yeah, and. Um... I think he said it in his presser. Uh, we'll talk more about assistance later. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll definitely get into him. But um, I don't know if he specifically said it, but he did mention that they were going to rely on their uh, connections in Texas. I know Matt Rule has done a very good job wherever he's been recruiting locally, uh, even at Temple, mm-hmm. uh, which is you know not as talent-rich as Texas. I don't know how – this is a you question. I don't know how talented the Northeast is in general. Um, yeah. Certainly not Texas, um, but – so, like, Pennsylvania and Ohio are very talented areas. The Northeast is not super talented in terms of, like, you know, it's the most populous region of the country, uh, but mm-hmm. it is not, like, overwhelming football talent comes from there. Um, no. Nebraska no. has done a good job recruiting New Jersey. Um, and you'll get some good players from New York, but not, like, how their population is set up. So, like, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Michigan, that area, you definitely want to recruit. There's a lot of really good players that come out of there. Um, but, yeah, Texas, 
I mean, Texas, California, Florida, Georgia, those are the four big states when it comes to recruiting. Yeah. But that's where you want to yeah. be. Um, and yeah, it, it's, it'd be great for Nebraska to get back into recruiting Texas. We haven't done it for 10 years, really, since we left for the Big 12. So, or the, left the Big 12. We've been mostly a Well, a couple other things um, that I took just from this press conference. Um, after, there were some individual interviews uh, with the athletic director, Coach Rule. Um, I don't think I heard Ronnie Green. Uh, but the president... Ted Carter said, no one turned them down. Whoa! Lost my camera. Oh, damn. Um, no one turned them down. Uh, Matt Rule actually said that he came and visited Lincoln during a game day that they flew in. He stayed at Trev's house, um, him and his wife. Uh, that was hilarious because I think did we did we hear that on message boards that he was in town at some point? Yeah, I thought we did. At, people said he was at Super Saver. Okay, well that was probably being sarcastic. I don't know <laughs> if he went to Super Saver, but um, so was it at like the Super that, Saver on Forty Eighth and O during a game? Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Going anywhere during a football game, you're going to see a, an interesting crowd, right? Why? It's just because they know nobody's out. Well, you're, it's going to be people that aren't super connected to, to the local culture. You know what I mean? <laughs> Transient folks uh, are out during games. Okay. Um, yeah. The other thing, I don't know. If he was really at the, the 27th Super Saver during a game, I don't know. That, that's got to be an interesting crowd. I'd be interested to know his thoughts immediately leaving that Super Saver. I I don't know if he stopped at that Super Saver, to be honest. I think he probably just... I don't know what they did, though, because I guess they just drove around. We're like, looks pretty good, I guess. Like, they went maybe do an Amigos or something. But he said that watching the Iowa game, he was still undecided. Which I don't believe. I don't... We have to double-check that, because Trev said that they agreed 11 a.m. Thanksgiving, and then Trev's... Or Rule said that he actually thought they agreed the next day. So it would have been like last minute. There was a lot of talk about them wanting to get it done. And then they thought both parties thought that it wasn't going to get done before it did get done. That was interesting to me. There's a lot of talk about um, the Carolina Panthers in this. They were like the third party that had to be negotiated with to get this all figured out. It seems like that was kind of the sticking point and trying to get that figured out. Um, But ultimately I thought Matt rule was really good on the microphone. Really? Uh, I don't think that's a huge surprise. Really good. He gave um, like a whole sermon on uh, playing Midwest football. Masterclass. It was sick. Mm-hmm. It was sick. He, he he did not say that the Big Ten is going to have to adjust to his system. No. He, he <laughs> no. said you got – I mean, is the easiest uh, answers – like I could give these coaching answers. This is how easy they were. It was like, yeah, you have to play in the elements and you have to play defense. Was, right. And complementary <laughs> yeah. offensive football as well, which I thought that was refreshing because – that's something Nebraska hasn't done in a long time. Usually, uh, we score way too fast when we do score. Um, it just doesn't give time for your defense, or we're going three and out, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, that is kind of how it's been uh, like that Purdue in the game, past. Our defense is on the field for like 45 minutes. Yeah, that game was fucking insane. That was... That was we lost, but that was a really fun game. That was a fun game. Um, so there was, a, there was a lot of talk in this 
press conference as well about toughness was mentioned a lot. Yeah. Thought that was missing. And it seemed like the sticking point with Tre or uh, Rule was the leadership, how he got along with Trev, obviously stayed at his house. Um, and then he also thought that there was, you know, everyone was of the same mind and moving in the same direction. And that seemed, that, that it, it seemed like he mentioned that three, thing. four times that that was a major thing for him. Why do you think that that was so big for him? It's like, well, maybe because he's just coming off the Carolina Panthers and that organization so, is run like right. shit. Was that a day <laughs> at Carolina is sort of where I was getting. Uh, yeah. And I probably, assume, and yeah, probably. And we know Baylor was run like shit before he got there with all their sanctions and everything they had going on, too. Right. And Baylor is one of those programs that has a very overbearing um, uh, administration and and yeah. donors. So, you know, not unlike Nebraska, but I definitely think that he probably wasn't completely happy at Baylor. Yeah, I mean, and also like jumping to the NFL is understandable. Um, well, so news broke over the weekend. Yeah, so news broke over the weekend since we last talked about the Matt Rule hiring that Luke Fickle was hired as the head coach of the Wisconsin Badgers. This was absolutely shocking to me. This broke Sunday right as the NFL was kicking off. This one actually blew me away. I thought he wasn't going anywhere. I thought that Nebraska would have him in his sights, and they might have talked with him. I think they said they talked to what? 12 coaches they said tw matt rule plus 12 so who do you who do you guess throw out some names i would assume fickle's in there i've seen some reporting um about that that they might it's just i do think it's very possible that they just preferred rule yeah. um and they i think they said that trev kind of said that they were even talking to him or were considering him before he was fired at the Carolina Panthers. I think Trev and I if were on the same wavelength there. One A, right? Then Trev. It's very funny because it means that they were like, "Oh yeah, this guy's getting fired." You know, like. If he <laughs> yeah, I mean the NFL. When you know, you kind of know. From the start, then you had, then you were, you were absolutely certain. Sorry, I'm making a freaking coffee, but it, then you were certain that he was getting fired, right? Because he wasn't. Well, he just he just went through that situation as the administrator, where he like probably knew he was going to fire the guy that he was was you good? Yeah. The coffee right, fighting back. Making, yeah, it is fighting back. Got to unplug. This yeah, piece. Scott's making coffee in a hotel room in Florida right now. It's probably that swamp water you put in there. You got to put regular water, Scott. I, I not that swamp it, water. The water is bad, so I bought a gallon of water. Oh, is it? Yep. Ooh, swamp. That is swamp water. Sparkling, um, sparkling but there um, are certainly, you know, contingents of people that are not happy that we didn't get fickle. Yeah, um, yeah, I can hear that. I probably, if you were going to say like gun to my head, would you want rule or fickle? I probably would have picked rule or fickle. Excuse me. Um, mm -hmm. I think I'm probably in there too. I mean, not that I'm not that I'm upset like, or not talking like fifty-two, forty-eight. You know, I've just barely mm -hmm. fickle, but just the fact that he's been in the college football playoff means a lot um i do think yeah. that um winning the big 12 going 11-1 in the big 12 is harder than going 12-0 at cincinnati yeah i don't think he had, he didn't win the big 12 that year right because they won two years later right uh right. technically not, it was aranda yeah win the big 12 that year. and almost did you know fickle is nine and four and it's not like he started off great at cincinnati either he's been at cincinnati mm -hmm. a very long time so, um, this is just like a huge facelift for the Big Ten West. 
Yeah. Well, like I mean, two of their West, two of the biggest Washington West has some legit coaches. I mean, you can say what you will about PJ Fleck. Like he is a wiener, but he's a, he's a good coach. He's from a wiener. Psycho, yeah. elite play caller. He's, he's awesome. Really, he's really awesome. Coach. Bart. Yeah. Fat Bielema. What did we call him? Uh Bert. I don't know. Bert. Fred, Bert Bielema is a really good coach. Um who are we missing? Did you see Austin what he tweeted Taylor. about? Did you see uh, Bielma's tweet to uh, Michigan and Purdue? I did. He said, like, we played both these teams. Look forward to uh, seeing how it would have went on neutral field with neutral refs. (laughs) Complaining about the refs months later. Yeah. Well, his game against Michigan two weeks ago, he got hosed big time. Yeah. That was was ridiculous. Michigan. But, I mean, you look at the Big Ten West this year and how – Terrible it was. I mean, what does Purdue have? Seven wins? I think they're at eight. Seven, eight at the most? Yeah. I mean, this division was fucking terrible this year. And to just add Luke Fickle, to add Matt Rule, that's huge for the Big Ten West. The Big Ten West is, like, miles behind the Big Big Ten East right now. Yeah. Like, it's not even close. Like, there are three teams better than the best team in the Big Ten West. Yeah. So, uh, it also came out that Fickle had been interviewing for a couple weeks now for this job. So I don't know. How does that make you feel if you're a Cincinnati fan? Probably not too. I I, I think you're probably just upset about him leaving. I don't know if you're really too caught up on anything else, but you know, I think they're probably somewhat happy that he stayed as long as he did. I think at this point with them moving to the big 12, they probably assumed he was staying forever. Right. Um, but then Trev, Trev actually said that this is sort of a uh, shot. this is sort of a shot at the Big Twelve, right? Uh, uh, in terms of how it, this is the first proof of concept that uh, the Big Ten and the SEC have separated itself. Now that the Big Twelve was able to take a coach from, or the Big Ten able to take a coach from the Big Twelve. Yeah, Trev said that there was a power two in the in college football right now. Obviously, meaning uh, SEC and Big Ten. That was hilarious. I think he's correct. Yeah, I think he's totally right. Um, the thing. I'll say this. But, I, think, I think Purdue would be competing for the Big 12 championship. I think Purdue would be in about the same boat as Kansas State. Okay, you think Big 12's like Big 10 West, basically? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I do. Uh, okay. And I think that's probably the same thing with the ACC as well, with yeah. one exception. Uh, I watched a little bit of Wisconsin's presser. Uh, their kind of ceremony to introduce Lou Fickle. Ours was way better. I want to say that Nebraska's absolutely blew Wisconsin's out of the water, which is fine. You know, obviously wins matter more than anything, but there's going to be a lot of comparisons drawn between Matt Rule and Luke Fickle. Yeah. Um, over their like entire careers here. Like if one's winning more than the other, it's going to be brought up a lot. Um, we're going to talk about Matt Rule's uh, contract here in a second. Um, but a lot is going to be made between those two guys, and to see who. This was, I was absolutely blown away. I did not expect Wisconsin. I, I expected Luke Fickle. I think we all expected Luke Fickle to leave at some point. Mm-hmm. I think we all assumed it was going to be Ohio State or Notre Dame, something like that. It was not. It was Wisconsin that got him out. Yeah, that is crazy. Um, I think Michigan State also offered him a job two years ago. So, yes. You know, credit to Wisconsin. I think both Nebraska and Wisconsin made two program uh, establishing hires, if that makes sense. It just, yeah. just proves how strong your program is within the realm of college football that you were able to take uh, two of two of the best coaches available. Are both landed mm-hmm. in the Ten West, and Auburn is is looking at the third or fourth option. 
Yeah, they they just hired Hugh Freeze today, which yeah, you know that's gonna that's gonna move. <laughs> we'll see. I mean, I guess he's what their fourth coach in three years or three co- third coach in four years. Um, that's yeah. gonna go terrible. I think we all know that's <laughs> like that. That hire might last like three weeks. I'm sure some other shit will come out about old Hugh getting after something. Missed but um, yeah, miss coincidentally misdialing several different uh, escort services. Whoops. Um, so after the uh, announcement of Rat- Matt Rule, uh, Trev Alberts gave some exact numbers, and obviously the contract has been released. Uh, we will read through it. We're just pulling quotes from other people, obviously. Um, it's an eight-year, $74 million car- uh, contract with 90% guaranteed with a salary pool of $7 million for assistance. That's from Trev Alberts mm-hmm. himself. Um, it was a three, they had to work out a three party deal of some kind or three, we three leg negotiation with Nebraska, Matt rule and the Carolina Panthers, Uh, a breakdown of Matt rules contract, uh, runs through 2030. So he will start with five and a half million dollars per year and it will increase, um, about a million or exactly a million. Um, at what point does he surpass 9 million? He will surpass nine million in two thousand in the twenty twenty seven season. Got it. So, so twenty twenty six. The Panthers are paying him some money until twenty twenty seven. So essentially, until twenty twenty seven, he'd be making the same amount of money as he would be if he were just not coaching. Mm-hmm. Which I think is a testament. He to said how that bad too. This guy he said that. Coaching. Yeah, this guy. This guy. Yeah, that's really a sickness. A um. No, that's that's interesting. I think I saw that. Yeah, Nebraska's picking up thirty-four mil of the forty-two on the contract. That puts our financial responsibility at what? Here we go. This is my favorite part of the show is when you do live math. Live math with oh shit. Wait, no, that, that can't <laughs> be it. I think we're picking up thirty-two of the forty-two owed by the Panthers over that course of time. Thirty-four of the forty. That makes more sense. So he was owed 42 by the Panthers over six years. Mm-hmm. So we're paying for Baker Mayfield's contract, basically. Yeah, pretty much. Is one way to look at that. Yep. We'll um, rule also think, gets... I think the Panthers... Go ahead. If, if I really hope the Panthers stink, because then that'll maybe... Like, if we have, like, a Texan situation there... Um, I mean, think about how good of a coach Rivera is and what the commanders are looking like now. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they ran at him, that organization. Yeah, and they ran him out. He couldn't win there. Yeah. After a while, you know, so it's it's interesting. Poor Ron Rivera, man. He's really Ron Rivera deserves a good organization. The Colts should hire Ron Rivera. Then he'll com- complete. The no, they got Jeff Saturday, dude. They got yeah. they got Jeff Saturday. They got the coach of the future. The whole four horsemen um, of crazy organizations of it. The Colts, the Texans, the Panthers, and the Commanders. Yeah. They should all just the four horsemen. one year at each of them. That'd be really fun. Probably make a lot of money not coaching. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they just fire them every year. Yes. They very much would. Um, but, I mean, as far as Nebraska is concerned... Um, they were going to pay whatever. I mean, Matt Rule was going to be one of the highest paid coaches in college. It's like, apparently this deal almost fell through on negotiation. That's well, that's we, they, we got really no clarification on that either. Like they said, uh, rule said that he wanted to coach here. They wanted him to coach here, but it didn't look like it was going to get done. 
that was just kind of confusing. Yeah. They said that multiple times mm-hmm. um, and that Trev basically called him again and said, hey, we got to, let's try something else. Um, and that rule didn't necessarily say no. There was just some sticking point where they had to get past. Um, it seemed like Trev was willing to do what it takes to get past it. And that's what happened. Yeah. So um, and you are you're I guess you are kind of right They're Five and a half million next year is not a lot of money. I guess five and a half million through the end of the right. Yeah, well, but next then he's year. also supplemented two and a half from the Panthers. Yeah, so really, we're not paying him a lot at all to start with, at least. Right. The we are paying the assistants seven and a half, which I do have one bone to pick. It's like Ohio State's paying eight and a half. Michigan's paying close to eight. So, like, why not just throw another milli on the pot? Is that regulation? Is that some sort of regulation from the NCAA or something, or is that just you can pay as much as you want? I think you can pay as much as you want. Hmm. Interesting. Why, I would assume they would. Why wouldn't Nebraska just put itself up there with the big boys for an extra million dollars? That's a very interesting point. I don't know if we know enough about regulation stuff like that. I would assume that there's something in there. I mean, don't um, but I would assume that that's possible. You could build the best assistant coaching staff in the country for seven and a half million dollars. But, you know, like <laughs> at this point, yeah. With how many millions of dollars are flying around the university? You're telling me you can't, you know, we we told Scott Frost to leave three weeks early for seven and a half million. You can't yeah. throw one million more on there to be amongst the big boys in your conference. Yeah. Um, I mean, we'll see if that changes. But I know Rule also has said that he likes to get younger guys. He, he likes younger, hungrier guys that... Um, a lot of times is like the biggest job they've ever had. I don't know if that's going to be true necessarily with some of the guys um, that he's hiring, but let's talk about, uh, let's talk about some of these assistants. So not a lot has been technically announced, but we know some names of some assistants. Uh, Corey Campbell looks like he's going to be brought over as the strength and conditioning coach. We would assume. Um, Do we know where he's at right now? Probably not coaching quarterbacks. (laughs) No, uh, this is fucking, this is awesome. This guy's fucking Jack. There's only one picture that we have seen of him really going around everywhere. I found like one interview with him. Um, that's the only interview. That's like where we got the picture of him from. Um, so he will be coming over. Evan Cooper, uh, looks like he will be the defensive backs coach. Mm-hmm. Um, and then South Carolina, South Carolina, Nebraska is close to hiring South Carolina offensive coordinator, Marcus Satterfield, as the school's new offensive coordinator, according to Pete Thamel. Um, so three guys, I don't think anyone's officially been announced. Evan Cooper kind of announced himself on Twitter. Yep. I don't know if that was on purpose, but um, <laughs> um, I don't know a ton about these guys. What are your kind of initial thoughts on coordinator or uh, assistant coach hires? Yeah, so I, I really like the Cooper hire. I think getting a guy from the NFL and you know, getting these guys to come from the NFL when you still have like five games left on the schedule, that's pretty crazy. Um, but I really wow. like getting, cause you know, this whole program is built now going forward. Our direction now is being a developmental program, uh, getting guys to the league, right? We're going to recruit athletes. We're going to recruit work ethic, and then we're going to put guys in the NFL. And so, mm-hmm. uh, showing a commitment to getting these, uh, NFL assistants, really is going to help, you know, you're going to help the development side of it, but you're also going to help the recruiting side. Cause you're going to say, Hey, I know what is going to be, I know what's needed to put you in the NFL. 
Yeah. Um, Pete Famel or Jesus Christ, Marcus Satterfield uh, as the offensive coordinator. They're coming off two huge wins in South Carolina. Yeah. Uh, looked a little bit at their stats. Weren't necessarily mind blowing on the season, but some insane games against Tennessee and Clemson. Right. Like, what, they scored what, like 65 against Tennessee, yeah, which 90, was absolutely ridiculous. Against two top 10 teams in the last two games. Yeah, that was bonkers. Um, and then some of they, I, I will say before this game, and I, I did read some tweets from South Carolina fans. They were more than okay with him leaving. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, it's how knows? often are people in love with their offensive coordinator? If you like your offensive coordinator, he's gone. Yeah. Uh, most people just right. You're probably right. Kind of blame him for they everything. Were, yeah. There's a lot of offensive coordinator that we were like, yeah, this guy's really good at his job. Um, at Nebraska. Tim Beck? No one, maybe. It wasn't Danny Langsdorf. I mean, we had a guy, our last, not this offensive coordinator we have right now, previous one working at a bank before yeah, he came here. Scott went and found him in a credit union. He said, hey, come on. We're going to booze and <laughs> fuck around. He said, sounds great. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, that honestly, it didn't. Frost's entire tenure this year maybe was a little different. felt like the offense was always the exact same. Like in terms of scoring points, yeah, and actually, that, it was pretty effective in terms of like EPA yards per play and um, points scored last year. We like we averaged like four four hundred seventy yards last year. Um, so offense was never quite it, it. Just like offense in general was never quite the problem with Scott Frost's teams, but it was always mm-hmm. like red zone offense. And yeah. the fact that and you, I mean a lot you, of that you would generate your a lot of your offense by running your quarterback into the ground. Well, yeah, and how much of that was actually structured plays, and how much was just Adrian scrambling for his life and making something out of nothing? I guess we'll never know. Uh, I would say throwing him in with a broken both, jaw. Some of both. Some of both. Yeah, maybe we need to give Adrian more credit. I mean, I I really I liked Adrian a lot. So, um. Yeah, who knows? I mean, it's not like our offense has ever been bad. It's 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 been the little things that have killed us, right? It's been special teams, it's been development. It's, it hasn't been the scheme. So this will be interesting. I don't think this guy is really too much of like a scheme guy, and it's clear that rules can have a commitment to running the ball. So maybe the offense can look a little bit different than it did in South Carolina. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. It'll be interesting to see because not much of the um, offensive staff. We that he's the only part of the offensive staff that we've heard about. Outside of you know conversations with Mickey Joseph, yeah. So that's the other point. Um, it does seem like he, at least publicly, is going to try and keep Mickey Joseph. He said he's reached out to him a little bit. Um, I don't know if that's going to happen. I know Mickey Joseph's agents kind of put out a little, allegedly put out a little bit of smoke about how much he should get paid, stuff like that. And I think we are both um, huge proponents of Mickey Joseph. Uh, but I think we also believe that if he gets a better opportunity somewhere else, he should take it. Um, I think he deserves that. Uh, and I think you kind yeah. of feel the same way. But um, I think they're going to have some sort of concerted, concerted effort to get him. Um, whether, you know, he's really going to work. I mean, Trev said he's going to, It's you know, it's totally up to uh, Matt Rule, which I think is the right call. I don't think you should force anyone to work with anyone they don't want to. Um but it'll be interesting to see because Evan Cooper was the uh, recruiting coordinator for uh, Rule at Temple Baylor. It says and Carolina. I think he was probably 
wouldn't be called uh, recruiting coordinator if you're in the NFL. Uh, but he is coming over, so we'll see what that role is. I know he was real, very, very good. Um, but I do think Mickey's in, inclination will be to stay unless he gets a really good head job somewhere else. Yeah. Um, so that's exciting to see. Hopefully he stays. Yeah. Um, nobody did ask today how many times do you anticipate your offensive lineman vomiting every practice. What's the appropriate amount of vomit for offensive linemen? He just, Frost did so much stuff and said so much stuff that was so weird that we were just, at least as fans, just like, yeah. (laughs) What do you mean? They're working hard. They're vomiting. Oh, man. Well, and did you, (laughs) this year for the the, um, Big Ten Conference, uh, the uh, media days, Big Ten media days, um, Mm -hmm. he just walked up and just asked for questions. Oh, yeah. <laughs> People were pissed about that. He just walked up and stood there and, all right, questions? And no one was ready with questions, so he almost just walked off right away. Oh. And then they're putting out – have you seen those, like, videos that the Big Ten is putting out of coaches from media days that they put out, like, more recently that's like, who would play you in a movie? That kind of stuff that we'll oh, never get I'm to see whatever Frost's right, answers yeah. were. There's one that's fantastic that they stopped airing, but it was um, – what's the most overrated offensive stat – and oh. uh, <laughs> or what's the most overrated Kirk Ferentz. What's the most overrated stat in football and Kirk Ferentz is like passing yards or something. <laughs> I think he just said offensive yardage. <laughs> yards, yeah. I don't know. Clear, <laughs> I mean, clearly, I mean, yeah, he was not lying. <laughs> clearly. No, that he he, he he tells you what it is. He tells you how he feels, without a doubt. But, um uh, just dying to see all of the Scott Frost content that was unused. Like, how much would we have to pay? Can we Freedom of Information Act that? FOIA, the Big Ten? Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, do you have any other thoughts on Matt Rule as of right now before we move on to the NFL? Coach Rule? Um, another assistant, the D-line coach from Texas A&M, who was recruiter of the year last year, uh, among mm-hmm. assistant coaches, has been liking a lot of tweets about Nebraska recruits. So okay. keep an eye on. Um, definitely falls in line with that Texas A&M connection. He's a young guy. He's from Texas. Uh, not Texas A&M connection. Texas connection. Um, he would be he would be a really good hire. And it seems like all of these coaches that Matt Rule's hiring are, have like a recruiting emphasis. So honestly, I think this could be Nebraska has the potential like maybe two, three years from now for having like a top 15, top 10 level class. If we can. It seems like he is like a serious, serious, serious grinder, too. And he expects that from everyone on his staff, too. Because he was yeah. saying, I don't want a coach that's going to go to a school, you know, school a day. He wants guys that go to like seven, eight schools a day. Like he wants these guys really pounding the pavement. And I think that's also part of why he likes younger coaches. Because yeah. uh, it's hard to do that when you're older and you have, you're married and have kids, that kind of stuff. Well, and you're um, like when you're younger, your that's success, right. Yeah, that's true. Just being less hungry. So he's and not less, keep uh, on Whipple. I don't think Mark Whipple is going to stay. That's tough. Hopefully, hope hopefully his MCL Whipple. gets better. I wish Mark Whipple well. He's kind of a good – he seemed like a good guy. He's a funny yeah, guy. Yeah, we wish him well. We got some yeah. good memories out of it. He's like oh, a big giant – sure. <laughs> A big giant Baldwin brother booze face. <laughs> He's like – turns like a shade of like red purple that rivals Bruce Owens. <laughs> Yeah, he kind of is more purple than Bruce Harris. He, he well, we we hope he uh, we hope he's okay. 
I knew. It was, oh yeah, I he was. That he got injured. He was he having. Some, yeah, he was having some. Objectively, looked very funny to watch. I do hope he's okay. <laughs> really do. I really. Yeah, we hope he's okay. <laughs> All right. Um. Uh, someone who uh may may also be a big old booze bag. Uh. Odell Beckham Jr. was kicked off a plane in Miami on Sunday. Flight crew said the NFL wide receiver was in and out of consciousness and wouldn't put on his seatbelt, I'm told. Uh, this is from Andy Slater. He started at Slater Scoop. Uh, the Los Angeles-bound flight was delayed after Beckham refused to leave, making everybody get off. All right, now I'm going to read a really long statement from the Miami-Dade Police, Repo- Police Department and see how much I get through. At approximately 9.30 a.m., officers from the Miami-Dade Police Department were dispatched to a medical emergency at an American Airlines flight. The crew was concerned for a passenger, Mr. Odell Beckham. As they tried to wake him to fasten his seatbelt, he appeared to be coming in and out of consciousness prior to the departure, fearing that Mr. Beckham was seriously ill and that this condition would worsen through the expected five-hour flight. The attendants called for police and fire rescue. Upon the officer's arrival, the flight crew asked Mr. Beckham several times to exit the aircraft, which he refused. The aircraft was deplaned, at which time Mr. Beckham was asked by the officers to exit the plane and did so without incident. Mr. Beckham was escorted by the non-secure area of the terminal by the officers where he made other arrangements. Uh, Beckham's attorney blamed a, quote, overzealous flight attendant, end quote, who, quote, wanted to prove that he had the authority to have Mr. Beckham removed from the flight, end quote, for the disturbance. Uh, That is a quote from some ESPN article, whatever, who cares? Um, Odell, obviously... This whole story is a result of the uh, crypto market crashing. <laughs> Oda Beckham seemingly should be rich enough to not have to fly commercially. Um, <laughs> Especially if he's in talk with Jerry Jones. Right. And so he, uh, we know he's a big crypto guy. He accepted all of his Rams salary in crypto for the past year, uh, which has since halved. So... What is that about? Why do you, why are you getting your, what does that mean to get your salary in crypto? Like, why couldn't you just get it cash and then buy crypto with it? Um, That's a good question. I Um, never understood that. Because I feel like I understand crypto better than the average person. And like, I still don't get, it just seemed like people. They just give you the money and then you convert it to crypto. Yeah, it'd be like, I don't know. I want part of my salary. I want like 0.001% of my salary in lunch. I want you to give me lunch every day. It's like, why don't you just use that money and buy your own lunch? He, right? Well, the thing is, he took all of his salary. So. Did, was it all? All of his salary. Jesus Christ. He felt, everyone so who, felt, who knows and look. What he's done with the rest of his money. Because I don't know, I don't know how you feel about crypto and we're not experts person. or anything. I, I am, I am invested with the red eyes. Of yeah, me. like I have, I technically have money in it. I don't have like, you know, I don't know if either of us have like insane amounts of money, but like these guys were absolutely like, I don't want to say like virtue signaling crypto, but they just like, a lot of people like to like talk about crypto and just like feel like super big brain about crypto. And like, look, I'm taking all my salary, half my salary. I don't think he was in the FTX thing, was he? Mm-hmm. He wasn't in any commercials. Who knows? We could see. Uh, we can maybe look into that. Um, we know he's friends with Tom, so I'm gonna look it up. Just do some internet sleuthing. Um, OBJ obviously um, has been cleared to play, I believe, uh, yeah. or at least medically cleared to join a team. So he, it seems like there's a lot of smoke around him 
with the Giants. He's going to be taking visits there. Obviously, the Cowboys have been in on Jerry or Jerry Jones has been on OBJ for a little while. Um, but it would seem as though OBJ is nearing a team to pick. Um, and obviously, this is not going to be I don't think the NFL is going to find him or anything. Um, I actually wouldn't be that surprised if they did something very minor. Um, was OBJ not in FTX. He was in Cash App. So, so not even a real crypto wallet, not to like hate on Cash App, but um, it was a technically Cash App owns that crypto too. So a lose-lose situation for Odell with that. Is that real? So he didn't, never even owned any? Well, you don't own the crypto. You own stock in the Cash App's owning of the crypto in a sense. What's that called? Um, I don't know. I don't know what it's called. I'm not that big brain. That's hilarious. A medium brain. That's hilarious. He, do you think he knew that when he did that? Or was he just like thinking uh, he was going to have all this they crypto? They paid him a lot of money to do it. They probably doubled That's his value. That's a good value. point, you too. Know, like he made not that much money oh. from the Rams, right? Like He was making $15 from the Browns. He only made 750000 with the Rams. Okay, well, as you say that, it does occur to me that the reason they were taking their salary in crypto is they're getting paid by somebody to do that yeah. because, you know, that's a big, okay. Duh. Um, but where do you think, where do you, where do you think right now, November 28th uh, is the best spot? Is the going to be the landing spot for OBJ reunion in his New couch. York Cowboys, his couch. Yeah. You don't think he's going to a team too late in the year. Really? It's the ship has sailed. I'm sorry, OBJ. I don't think it's Damn. Okay. I would say I'm at like fifty one percent that he does not land on a team. I mean, geez, it's November twenty-eighth. <laughs> you know? It's getting pretty late. When did he join the Rams? It couldn't have been that much different, right? He, I think he was only on their team for like four or five games, which would be yeah, but around this time. In an NFL like state, you know, he was like training with the Browns. At what point did he quit on the Browns? Like six weeks into the year? Yeah, he was traded. So it was pre um, salary cap, or it was pre trade deadline. It does appear, it does appear as though he likes to be wine dined and sixty nine a lot. Yeah, he is so very much taking his he, time. Actually, yeah, he was released by the Browns. I remember that. So the Browns couldn't trade him; he was too expensive. So they just had to release him and eat his contract. He never cleared waivers, or he cleared waivers. So nobody ended up picking him up. But um, I think it was right after the um, trade deadline. Last mm-hmm. year, which would have been early November, so three, four weeks ahead of where we are now. That's sort of, I mean, man, it depends what offense you go to, but like, that's a lot, a lot, a lot of <laughs> just plays you have to learn. You know, he hasn't been in an NFL facility, he's been rehabbing for a whole year. I, you know, mm-hmm. depends how much you have to pay him. You know, if you have 750000 and you're not going to use it on anything, then you might as well, but who knows? Yeah. Well, also, because he um, I think he would be getting 750000 right? He would just be getting whatever the um, the compensatory amount, you know, like the um, whatever the like, 5 divided by 17 of 750000 is. Because you just get paid by the week. Yeah. So, I mean, who knows? I, I, I don't think he lands anyway. Do I think there's some teams that would be better off having him, like the Ravens? Yeah, for sure. Um, sorry. 
Commanders, maybe. Sorry, I'll probably cap that one there. Commanders, I was trying to fix a couple I things. I up the Commanders. Commanders have a really good receiving core. Ravens definitely need him. Ravens need him for sure. The Bucks could use him, but they're not going to make the playoffs. So I don't know if he wants to go there. I think it, I think it's going to be the Cowboys. I think uh, it's a very attractive place to go. I think the market's huge. I think that's something he very much enjoys. Uh, I think he has said this. He wants this to be his last. I think he said he wants this to be where he retires. Oh, I think man. he wants to live there too. So that would make me think the income. I mean, obviously, we just talked about uh, his crypto foray, so he doesn't have a lot of money laying around. Right. Uh, relative to him so i think the no state income tax would be very helpful to yeah, a man like can, obj count that as income though so you don't have to pay taxes well but yeah. so like florida Doesn't fits hurt. in that mix right florida has no state taxes so the bucks maybe tampa bay the maybe dolphins, they're not very good dolphins. dolphins that would be a very crowded room um god yeah i guess dolphins dolphins been making moves off season i don't know why they uh why they wouldn't go? But you mentioned, well, you mentioned the Baltimore Ravens. Anyone wants to sign him to a long-term contract without seeing him? Maybe that's what's holding this up, right? Because like, okay, if the Cowboys want him, why hasn't he signed? If he wants a three-year deal, no one's going to do that, right? No one's going to mm-hmm. trust his recovery. We haven't seen him play since he tore his ACL. No. Um, you mentioned the Baltimore Ravens as potentially getting Odell Beckham Jr. Been some drama. Yeah. Uh, with the Baltimore Ravens. They lose this week uh, 28-27 to the Jacksonville Jaguars in another heartbreaking loss. Uh, they blow. They were up nine points with six minutes left. This comes after they blow a 10-point lead against the New York Giants with six minutes left in the game, blow a 17-point lead against Buffalo, uh, and then, of course, that 21-point lead uh, in the fourth quarter against Miami. Um, you that tweet pulled up. They had one... F- they had won four of their last five. What'd you say? What's up? Uh, a very specific tweet coming out of that this weekend with that game. Yep, I sure do. Uh, Mr. Castle will kill. We assume uh, we apologize to Mr. Castle will kill. Uh, we don't know him very well. We assume he's just a fan. That's how people have reported. Not that you're just a fan, right? That's basically, that's what we are. Um, but he said, when someone is asking for over 250 mil guaranteed, like at Lamar Jackson, dot, dot, dot. Games like this should not come to at Justin Tucker. Let Lamar walk and spend that money on a well-rounded team. Lamar Jackson said, boy, shut the fuck up. Y'all be capping too much on this app. Motherfucker never smell a football field. Never did shit, but eat dick. And then exclamation points, emojis. So Lamar Jackson obviously since has deleted this tweet, uh, caused a lot of hubbub. Uh, Ravens coach John Harbaugh said he has spoken to Lamar Jackson about the quarterback's Vulgar tweet in response to an online critic. Harbaugh called the tweet, quote, out of character for the QB. That's from Jamison Hensley. Um, yeah, I mean. It's something that's way no, I think I don't know if it's character necessarily. He's always kind of been popping off. On I Twitter. think that there's two. Uh, I think I have two trains of thoughts on this. Um, obviously, you can't be saying this to fans. You can't uh, on Twitter call out a fan like that. Was he, um, was and then and then. I think that remains to be seen. And obviously, you know, we won't get it. Some people took offense, uh, specific offense to him saying eat dick um, as like a homophobic thing. I don't, you know, we'll kind of leave that alone. Um, well, do you remember uh, last year he tweeted out, uh, so Apple released new emojis? Um, oh, no. And he tweeted, oh. why the buddy pregnant? <laughs> Which is an all-time tweet. 
it lives in my head. I think about it. I think about it like maybe like two, three times a month. Why buddy pregnant? <laughs> so funny. Why buddy? <laughs> I think it's still up too. I don't think you deleted that one. In March. Um, anyway, just le just leaving that aside. I don't think Lamar Jackson intended any homophobic uh, to offend um, anyone in that manner. I think it's just, you know, hey, eat dick. Um, so, like I was saying, I think there is part of you, part of me at least, that's like, can't say it, can't be coming after fans, you know, cursing at them. That's not going to look good ever. Um, certainly not going to help in contract negotiations. The other part, I think, is fucking hilarious that he was just like, hey, eat, eat one, you know, hold one. Um, but. Who knows? I mean, uh, let me like, see. I got like, if everybody's loving Tua this year, if you gave Lamar Jackson, Jalen Waddle, and Tyreek Hill, like, yeah, he'd be a freaking MVP again, you know? Yeah. So, and you remember this? He, has, he had that, Lamar Jackson had that thing with Bernard Pollard, too, where he was getting in arguments with him over uh, Yeah. Well, um, I mean, his play or whatever. Is, um, I just looked up Lamar Jackson apology. There's a lot of, there's a lot of these. Lamar Jackson apologized to Bernard Pollard. Uh, there was all that whole Twitter thing. Um, he said, apologize for recording video while driving. Uh, another <laughs> element to this is he is his own agent. Yeah. They should televise those negotiations. That would be great. Um, so this does not help Lamar. Lamar Jackson, um, early on in this year, everyone kind of said, yeah, everyone kind of knew Lamar Jackson was betting on himself. Uh, he's going into near the end of his contract. He is... He can be franchise tagged twice, um, but he is his own agent. He's representing himself. The thought is that he wants more guaranteed money than went to Deshaun Watson, who is now in the division. Deshaun Watson's never won a playoff game. Uh, no, he's won a playoff game, but uh, has not won a playoff game for that team. Um, so the thought was he is betting on himself. Um, I can't find it. He must have deleted his whatever apology thing. A... Uh... Franchise tag for Lamar Jackson next year would be a cap hit of $45.5 million. It's a lot of money. Yeah. So, essentially, it is um, the way it works is you have to get paid, like, nine, the 90th percentile of your uh, position group. Position. And so, now, with uh, Deshaun Watson making $55 million, that bumps it up to 45.5. And then, in 2024, so I think it would be $55 million. So they, yeah, they can. Tag so I think twice. this salary, I think the salary cap averages the top five uh, makers at that position, and then gives you whatever the average is. Is my understanding. Wow. Um, but Lamar Jackson certainly bet on himself. Started out, he was red hot at the start of the season. I mean, I know they went, lost that game against the Dolphins. He still had insane stats that game. Sure. Um, I'm a fan of Lamar. I love Lamar. Watching him play. Um, Kind of worried he's uh, going to hurt himself. Not physically, although that's part of it, but I'm not sure he is necessarily, you know, doing himself any favors by not accepting any guaranteed money. Yeah. Um, hopefully it works out. Hopefully he, you know, he bets on himself and he makes a fuckload of money. That would be awesome. Uh, I'm cheering for him. Um, just want just want everyone to make a lot of money, Scott. Yeah. That's what I want. Take away to be. I mean, yeah. I mean, if you're like a Ravens fan, <laughs> it's. 50 million a year is probably too much for Lamar. 
I'm just saying that. Like, that's going to make the Ravens worse. I think he's a really good quarterback. He's probably like a $35 yeah. million quarterback. We're talking about fair market value, but 50 mil. The quarterback market's gotten way out of hand, you know, and it's it's biting a lot of yeah. teams in the butt. We're seeing what's happened with the Packers, having to, you know, not be able to pay anybody. Um, I think, I don't know how this is going to go. It's clear that they don't have intentions of paying him what he wants to be paid, and he's his own agent. So, no. I don't see this being resolved amicably by both. I'm not really sure they're going to back down either. Yeah. I mean, they can franchise tag. They seem like very. Because it's not, it's not the current, right. It's not Lamar right now that you're afraid of. It's Lamar seven years from now. Also, um, yeah, he put on like 20 pounds this year of like muscle mass, which is very like, it's a very interesting way to phrase it. So I don't get hurt. I'm just going to tell Bonnie that my uh, fiance that I'm just putting on weight. So I don't get it. I don't want to get hurt. Yeah. Anytime I gain weight, um, avoid injury. I don't want to get hurt. Um, let's talk about uh, let's talk about the New York Jets. So oh boy. earlier this week, Zach Wilson was benched for uh, former second overall pick, uh, benched for Mister Mike White, uh, who we we have seen have success. Yeah. Uh, I think last season against the Bengals. Uh, I think he had four touchdowns. Absolutely lit him up. Like uh, we know at times this guy he, can play. He had two or three. In he had some. In, and then like got. And then he got hurt. Or something. Yeah, got he got hurt, hurt a little bit. And he was like, yeah, oh, yeah that which was just perfect, right? Because you, you never want to stay a game too long as a backup quarterback. <laughs> yeah. You can't want to play the right amount. So he goes 22 for 28 against the Chicago Bears. 315 yards uh, in the air. Three passing touchdowns. They absolutely annihilated the Chicago Bears. Um, on a, like a, this is a pretty good Jets team. Like I think we know that now. Like this is a talented roster. They have a good defense. They can run the ball. They can do a lot of things very well. Um, got hit with some injuries to Brees Hall and I think their tackle, and they still are playing pretty good football. Um, which is part of the reason. I think if this is a bad roster, I don't think Zach Wilson is benched. I think they just kind of stick it out. Um, but you know the questions with. Zach Wilson's leadership, all that kind of stuff clearly has uh, affected what they perceive of him. They said his career is not over here uh, in New York. That might not be the case. I'm not really sure. I think they're looking for a big rebound from him. They might try to trade him. Um, But Scott, Patriots fan uh, in division, what what are your thoughts on uh, Zach Wilson's future and the New York Jets? Yeah, I just think he's not a good quarterback. Um, (laughs) I think it, you know, you've given him a, a good sample size so far. You've gotten like a year and a half. Uh, this is the third straight quarterback that the Patriots have um, ruined. So, where'd you go? Um, I don't know where he goes. I mean, I don't know who. I think there. Are, somebody's going to give him a chance. Um, I think the question is just going to be at what price. Uh, obviously incredible talent. Um, he had that sweet throw at his pro day, uh, um, which goes a long way. You know, he's mm-hmm. banging moms in the off season. True. Do you think when he came back, he was just, he like, Hey, did you hear I'm banging moms to all the guys in the locker room? And they're like, dude, fuck off. No. And he just kept, <laughs> he just kept wanting to talk about that all week. He doesn't seem like a guy that, um, people talk to a lot. If that makes sense. You think he's a little bit of an outsider? I think he does. And I think a lot of the reports we've seen come out of the Jets locker room that uh, he doesn't take accountability, that he is um, 
you know, he's just not very well liked inside that locker room. And I just, I think even Salah is probably sick of him now. And it sucks because you did trade up and invest a significant amount of draft capital to get this guy, right? It wasn't just a second round draft pick. It was everything you traded to get to that second round pick as well. So I don't know. It's, it's, it's tough to say what he would get, right? Maybe a second round pick. I mean, who, who would trade their second round pick for Zach Wilson right now? Probably not a lot of places, but I mean, there's going to be somebody that's going to give something. I don't know if it's necessarily a second. You'll get somebody who'd probably, I would think a third. I mean, he is really early in this career. Yeah. Like it is not insane to say that he could be a good quarterback. Um, he could figure things out. Um, and maybe, you know, this is what he needs to mature. I'm not super hopeful. I feel like I'm pretty hopeful about a lot of guys. I don't really see this working out. It And hey, maybe we're just undervaluing how good Mike White is. Maybe White, Mike White's really just that dude. And he's just that good. Um, maybe. Clearly this team responded. They like him a lot more. You know, there's def- defensive players, players all around the locker room, you know, liking things about Zach Wilson on social media. Uh, he's, I, I, there's no way. Lies. That never lies, you know. There's there's no way he plays again there. No. I don't. Th- I mean, he, wasn't even they, he didn't even dress. He up, right. Yeah. That's it. Joe Flacco was. Ba- I mean, I thought. You know, I think I'd rather have Z- uh, Joe Flacco playing for my team than Zach Wilson right now. Yeah, I think he'd rather. Yeah, I mean, he's five and two this year. Yeah. But both yeah. both losses to the Patriots. Yep, sorry. So, um, so 2022, average 55% completion really percentage, 1,200 yards. He was he was hurt entering the season, too. He was hurt in a preseason yeah, but game. but they gave him uh, if, time to get back and healthy. Yeah, but the mental aspect is what I'm wondering. Um, four touchdowns, five interceptions. Never at any point was like a big... I think he had one real good drive. I uh, can't remember against who. Is that Denver? He had some, like... I think he had like a game winning drive at some point, but um, I mean, that's really been it. I it seems like his career's, you know, kind of getting over before. And I'm not really sure if he, you know, some of these guys, I don't know, ever really make it as backup quarterbacks either. Like some well, guys who are expected right. to be that like, dude. He seems like he has the temperament of a career backup. All the guys who are career backups are like just like cool guys, you know? <laughs> they, seem, they seem very calm, cool, and right. collected. Yeah. Guys that people like to be around. Um, yeah, it doesn't seem like he fits that mold, at least not yet. Which, no, but you know, but we, 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 everybody, you know, 20, how old is he? 22, 23. He is 23. Yep. I mean, I wouldn't want to hang out with myself at 23. No, and we're, we're not even far from 23 either. <laughs> um, yeah, we're just a couple years he, removed. He's got, he's got um, I mean, geez, like there's so many college coaches old. Zach Wilson. There's what? There's so many college coaches older than Zach Wilson. Like, Hank yeah. Hooker is going to get drafted. He's two years Quarterbacks? Old. Yeah. Quarterbacks. Yeah. yeah, you said coaches. Um, oh. Yeah, so good luck. Good I luck to him. Too. Good luck to I'm the Jets. College. college quarterbacks. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's talk about potentially another quarterback getting benched. This one in a very, very different scenario. Uh, last night against the Philadelphia Eagles, Green Bay quarterback Aaron Rodgers, uh, not benched. He's taken out after a rib injury, uh, after 
fracturing his thumb in week five. Uh, Jordan Love comes in, the much maligned Jordan Love, who was picked in the first round a few years ago over a wide receiver. Um, and doesn't seem like there's been much joy from any Packers fan about Jordan Love really until last night. Uh, Packers are nearly eliminated from the playoffs. Uh, Aaron Rodgers has multiple injuries. Uh, I don't know if we have any confirmed reports on what exactly happened with Mr. Rodgers. Um, but Jordan Love came into that game last night and looked pretty damn good. Like yeah, that was did. not something I was expecting. He did. They they put up they put up ten points when he was in. Um, he looked he looked very very good. And now I think it's going to get a little loud. Not necessarily because they're going to want to you know kick out Aaron Rodgers because they don't love the way he's playing. Um, but you know if they're eliminated from the playoffs and Aaron Rodgers has said he would like to play unless they're math- mathematically eliminated which is understandable. That's what you'd want. I think he might be okay with sitting, um, even if healthy, just so they could see what Jordan Love can do. Um, I don't know. I'm not that competitive. I'm not, you know, in Aaron Rodgers' head. Um, But uh, uh, Jordan Love last night in limited play had... What is that? Sorry. He had... He went 6 of 9, 113 yards, one touchdown... Um, this is a serious. This is a pretty talented offense. Certainly in the running backs, uh, a lot of question marks, a lot of youth at wide receiver. Um, but you know, there are questions as to how long Aaron Rodgers is going to play. Yeah. They spent a first round pick on Jordan Love. Um, Scott, what are your thoughts on Mister Love? I mean, I don't think he's the guy necessarily. It's really more of a question of what do you do with Aaron Rodgers, right? It's not like a terrible team that you have around him, but you're definitely lacking in a lot of the key areas. You're lacking on um, a lot of your main spots on offense. You've got an older roster on offense, guys that get injured a lot, uh, and you don't have that big X-factor playmaker like you had last year in Devontae Adams. So, you know, hard to say. Hard to say. What do you do with Aaron Rodgers going forward? What does Aaron Rodgers do with Aaron Rodgers going forward? Like, the Packers aren't a contender next year. There's no – the Calvary is not coming for, for this roster. Right. The only Maybe they get I mean, can they move all that money too? I'm sure there will. I mean, if they want to trade, I mean, maybe they trade them to the Jets. Who knows? You'd have to trade there are a lot of someone with a lot of room, right? I would make, yeah, maybe. Oh, shoot. I really hope that doesn't happen. Maybe the Bears. No, Bears. Still a really good no quarterback, but, um, mm-hmm. I've got the playoff machine fired up. If you go through the Packers schedule right now, they're sitting at a 3% chance to make the playoffs at four and eight, which just shows you how bad the NFC is. That four and eight still has you as like a reasonable chance. Um, yeah, I mean they're effectively they're basically eliminated they, at this point. Even if they yeah, let's here wait real quick before we do that. Can you just put all wins and see if they would make the playoffs all if wins. they went out? Okay. What their okay, odds we're are? Doing it. All yeah. wins. So Bears bye week, Rams, Dolphins, and then let's see, week seventeen and eighteen, and you've got Minnesota. And Detroit, so that that's win over Minnesota, win over Detroit, win over Miami, win over Bears. So not like completely unreasonable, and a win over the Rams. So not completely unreasonable. Nine and eight puts them at a forty-six percent chance to make the playoffs if they win out. The so win out, and I don't... winning out is still a a less than fifty percent chance you make the playoffs. Yeah, so they're pretty much gone. I mean, they're not. I don't think they're going to win out. I think it's possible that they 
could, but I mean, we've been saying that forever. I mean, they got slaughtered against the Titans. I mean, they're not, they're not even really particularly looking good. Last night was a wild game too, especially that first half. Mm-hmm. Um, but they just, they don't look, I mean, they don't even look that competitive in these games. Right. I mean, they're like, I mean, they win, they lose one more and they're pretty much done. Right. And you got to play Miami. Miami's going to be tough. I think that's in Miami, correct? Uh, yes, in Miami. Chicago should be beatable. Um, obviously, the if Rams, they have Justin the Rams Fields. Like the worst the Rams look down. Now. The Rams stink. Oh, my God. They're going to go 3 and 14. The Rams might have, like, the number one overall pick. Except they won't have it because they traded it away. Yeah, they don't have their get Gave it to somebody else. This might be. This is it. Everyone's been saying, like, you know, the cap doesn't exist. The cap doesn't exist. This is the cap. The cap strikes back on the Rams this year. And now yeah, screwed, this is it. They're screwed for a long time. They don't have a first round draft pick for a long time. So like when the wheels fall off for this organization, it looks like they have. Like you're gonna be bad forever. How how long is it? Yeah. <laughs> when do the Rams next have a first round draft pick? It's probably gonna be a while. Three four years. So three ish years, but it's like even then. I mean, they're gonna start, they're gonna start unloading these players because Aaron Donald's hurt, Cooper Cup's hurt, Stafford's hurt. Um, who else? I mean, they're probably gonna. I mean, they can deal these guys. I don't know if they can really deal. I don't even think they can deal Donald though, because Donald wants to retire. Came back to win another Super Bowl. They're terrible. Um, Jalen Ramsey, you can trade. You can probably get a King's ransom for him. You could trade Cup. Try to trade Robinson. I don't know if anyone's really going to want to take Robinson. He's hurt too. Stafford, who knows with him? I mean, yeah, the future's not bright in Los Angeles. So All right. I found this website that I can't decipher, but it looks like 2024 they actually do have a round one draft pick. They do. Yes. Okay. So I mean, it might just be one year, but still, yeah, that's tough. That's tough. That's not as. This is hey. This is a. This is a crazy week in college football this weekend. Yeah. I did not expect some of those. I did not expect Michigan to beat the fuck out of Ohio State at all. Yeah. And I thought Ohio State, State was going to win pretty easily. Really got away from. Which is kind of what Michigan does to everybody. Um, that was what's surprising because they. I I thought you just couldn't do that to Ohio State, and they did. It's exactly they, what they did. They they Michigan plays volleyball. They they just. I mean, Ellis. Dude, how about Brian Kelly getting? Losing another big game. Holy shit. That one was insane. That I mean, they got they, handled. They got handled in a game that mattered, right? A game that mattered a lot. So now, what's the SEC? The Texas A and M picture look like? Who's in Texas A and M stinks. Uh, they probably just released the rankings. Why don't we look at that? Yeah. Oh, I mean, but the SEC championship game is who now? Uh, it's still LSU. It's still LSU, LSU and Georgia. Oh, yeah, so LSU was already in. If they beat Georgia, they could be in, maybe, right? With, with yeah, because I think, well, I think if Georgia loses, I don't think they're taking Georgia out. They think no, Georgia's the only, Georgia, well, Georgia and Michigan are the only, Michigan, Georgia's in for sure, yeah, yeah. Georgia and Michigan are in automatically. So you've got USC, who could very much, very well lose this game. Um, yeah, you've got LSU, you've got Ohio State, which honestly, I, to Ohio State's credit, they've beaten two top ten teams so far, and they also beat Notre Dame. Their only loss is to the team that's on, the other team that's automatically in. Like mm-hmm. that's a, that's not a bad resume. Um, 
is this the college football rankings we're looking or the playoff rankings or the AP? Uh, is, are the CFP ones out yet? Mm, no. No, I'm looking at it right now. It's still last week's. I thought they did it Monday. Well, the APs probably mirrors it pretty closely. So, pull the AP. Yeah. Um. Yeah, LSU got dumpstered. That was insane. I mean, TCU, Clemson got TCU has to play Kansas State if they win, they're in. Um, that's a tough one. They still haven't lost. That's crazy. That's crazy. Um. Yeah, USC. Ohio Clemson State, got Georgia. handled. Tennessee. <sighs> There's no way Penn State sneaks in there, right? No way Penn State leapfrogs. Um, I mean, Alabama might make it back in. Well, that'd be in. hard because they're not in the they're not in the SEC championship though. Yeah. Yeah. They. They. Whatever. Right? Because USC could lose. USC. If so, USC TCU both lose. Then Alabama and Ohio State are in. Is there any scenario? I just, I'm afraid of Alabama at leapfrogging Ohio State. You know what I mean? Doesn't Alabama have three losses? Or are they two they losses? Two losses. Only two losses. Okay. They have barely, they barely beat, I mean, they almost lost to Texas. They don't have the greatest record this year. They really don't. It's just, yeah, the committee doesn't like to put two loss teams in there, and there's only a handful of one loss teams left, right? So, so Alabama lost to Georgia and Tennessee. Tennessee's out. Georgia's in. Ohio State's only lost to Maryland, which is in. Michigan. Or uh, Michigan, sorry. Obviously. Yeah. But the Tennessee loss is looking worse. Tennessee, right, just lost. They got the fuck beat. They got the, I mean, Hendon Hooker towards ACL, too. Yeah, that's true. Um, I forgot about that. I forgot about that. But it doesn't, you but, know, they still scored like 65 points. They got 65 scored on them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they the, scored an okay amount. But, I mean, Texas A&M beating LSU was fucking wild to see. So, right now, USC and TCU control their own destiny, right? If they win mm-hmm. their end, there's no way Ohio State or Alabama jump them. But if A&M loses, think so? right? If Kansas State beats TCU or if, if Kansas State beats TCU, TCU's out, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you'd put Probably. Ohio State over TCU uh-huh. with one loss. Mm, Ohio State over TCU with one loss. Uh, there's probably a pretty good chance that they're going. Yeah. So it's it. I mean the the the, the national championship could be Ohio State Michigan. That would be sick. That would be insane. Honestly. Okay. I, I, um. The um. I don't, I don't. I think this is Georgia's to lose, especially now that there's there's well, the way that Georgia plays. The couple teams that I think could beat them. I don't think that any of the teams that are going to be in the playoff could beat them. You know what I mean? Like, I think Alabama might be one. So, um, you just have to have such a good defensive line to hold up against what Georgia can do. Um, yeah, Yeah. I mean, it'll be interesting year though. This is fun. Having different colors, having purple. Yeah, it's exciting. Having purple Purple. in the, the college football playoff is sick. I haven't had that since Washington. Uh, nice change of pace. Getting in, that'll be. Um, what's their uh, What's their quarterback's name? USC's. Yeah, is he winning the Heisman? Oh, uh, Caleb Williams. Yeah, I mean probably. Yeah, Caleb Williams. Because it 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 felt pretty wide open. This week was big. He's um, he Hooker tears his ACL. Ball. He throws lasers, yeah. dude. He looks like he's like trying to. Break he throws a pretty fingers. ball, dude. <laughs> 
Yeah. He, he throws dimes. And he's like, he can run really well. So he's also not eligible for the draft this year, unfortunately. Really? Right. He's, he would be next year. So there you go, Rams. Hold on to that draft pick. And we'll see. Uh, all right. Anything else you want to say to the beautiful people out there, Scott? <sighs> no, that's kind of all I got. Why, buddy? Patriots Brady? play this weekend? Sorry, what was that? Patriots play this weekend? Patriots play, uh, no. Did they play? They oh, played, they beat the Vikings. That's Or they lost the Vikings. Rip. That sucks. The NFL really needs to do something about that. Rule on what is a catch. I get what? that based on the rule that is in place. That technically, that's not a catch. But, like, you know, he did catch the ball. Right. Is that Henry? That was Hunter Henry, yeah. That was, I, I have watched that so many times, and I still go back and forth. It's like he did, it's... That's also a weird one because of like the video. Like it's just kind of hard to see exactly what it is. Yeah, that's a tough. That's a tough rule to pick though. Yeah, because it's like it's there's so many gray areas. Like it can touch the ground as long as it's not being controlled, and it's like you have to possess it through the catch. There's just so much stuff going on there. It's, okay, we'll uh, they're clearly going to revisit it, um, but it does suck that that decided that game. Obviously, you know. You got to keep Kirk Cousins from completing 90% of his passes if you hope to win. Uh, they did do like a, Is that a, real? a jack bracket on Odell Beckham, where instead of having your good, do two good corners cover him, you had uh, a linebacker and a safety on him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they just, you know, the whole purpose of that is to disguise it and make it look like he's covered the whole time. But little to the Patriots know that the, the Vikings don't care if he's covered, they're just going to throw it to him anyway. Yeah. Hey, Mac Jones. Hey, Mac Jones looked pretty good. Mac Jones, Mac Jones looked pretty damn good. He was good. he was dealing. That is that the most we've ever seen him. And that was like a prime time prime time game. The game before that set the record for the most watched regular season game of all time, the wow. Cowboys Giants. Then this game come on. I had to listen to it. I was driving back to Lincoln. I had to listen to a lot of it, but he was I will, uh, absolutely dealing. I'll say this. I'll say this. The late night game on Thanksgiving is not a prime time game. The late night game on Thanksgiving, everybody's like, like thirty percent of America is already asleep by seven thirty on Thanksgiving. It was hard to stay up. Yeah, I, I had to go to sleep. I didn't watch the full. So I, that's why I that's really why tried. Good, right? Prime time on Thursday Thanksgiving is that noon or three o'clock game. It's really the three o'clock game. This the seven. That's the game one. Is like you're basically like that's basically like playing in Europe type of game on Thanksgiving. Yeah, dude, oh. and. Golly, I ate so much food I thought I was going to explode. <laughs> I, had, uh, I had two Thanksgivings okay. on the same day. I had within, so, okay. I will. I do have to say this for the people. Um, Beyonce's mm-hmm. family does steak. Love it for Thanksgiving. We ate at like 2.30. Oh, no. So I ate probably a pound and a quarter of steak, 18 ounces to 20 ounces of steak. Hell uh, yeah. Let them know, my dude. My family's Thanksgiving started at probably about 5.45, so... That's about a three hour turnaround, three and a half hour turnaround uh, for me. Do you like run or do you, do you like run around or anything? You just lay there. I did some stretches. I did like some of those like lunges where you like pulled your arms back. Um, Like these ones? Yeah. These ones right here. And then I prepped with like some like metabolism boosters to try and get the, get the pipes flowing, you know, clear as much. What is that like? What are those? Like fat burner pills? Uh, it's uh yeah, two coffee and some beans. Is that what it's called? 
Or are you just yeah, like eating coffee right. beans? Two coffee, two coffee, some baked beans, and then some like put some butter in the second coffee. That's how you get the pipes running. How's your dog? You still feeding it melted butter? I still am feeding it melted butter. He's good. Yeah. He's good. Big dog. Big boy. Big dog. All right. Uh, we are going to check out for today. We will have another show for you this week. We appreciate the fuck out of you guys uh, watching our show. Please give us a like. Give us a subscribe. Uh, show us to a friend. We really appreciate it. Um, hopefully this is fixed right here. I put the wrong date in. Um, keyboard kind of just went nuclear on me before the show. Um, but we appreciate you guys. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.